All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Flake of Tau show. We'll be starting our normal show in a few minutes, but with um, things going on in the media and the world and the country, we we, we figured a, a cold open would be great today to talk about things. Um, we didn't want to spend the entire show talking about this, so we'll open up the show with it. Um, I first want to say, and I said this online, um, with the whole Black Lives Matter thing going on currently, I, obviously, no one on the show right now, or on the show today, is a black gentleman, Rich Fan, who is a friend of ours, is not here this week. He'll be on the show later on in the summer. Just school schedules. We can't do it. But I, I want to tell everybody out there, we're, we're thinking of you. We're thinking of you. We're here. Um, I know Dad had a different point of view. I'm going to throw it to him in a minute. But I just want to make it clear. We're two white men and Hispanic, so we're we're in a different class from everybody else, and we know that. But we're here, and we're here to support. Um, Sal, anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, just um, in light of everything that's been going on, it's uh, it's been really difficult, and um, it's been it's been just a really difficult thing to. To watch, it's been a really difficult thing to live through. Um, it's been really difficult to to carry on everyday life with what has been going on. Um, I mean, they, they actually just tweeted the town, uh, the city, I should say, that I live in, uh, just tweeted that we are under curfew starting tonight. And the Walmart shopping center has been closed since yesterday because there was threats of looting. Um, I understand the anger. I understand the protests. I don't understand the looting. I don't understand the violence. I don't understand why it has to be that level. If you want to make your point, and you're, you know, I, I, like I said, trust And why it's got to resort to people smashing windows and, and, and looting targets and, and stealing things like that, that, that seems so counterproductive to me. And I want that to stop. I would want nothing more than that aspect to stop. You can you can have you know the 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 the, the marches. You can have the protests. That's fine. You know, uh, just the, the other stuff needs to stop. I mean, it's just it's it's getting out of control. Um, you know, there there's a lot of negative stuff going on with 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 people talking about the police officers and. You know, we, we dealt with this a couple of years ago and, um, you know, I have obviously family members who are police officers, um, my uncle, my cousin, my brother-in-law. Um, and once again, it's, it's another scary time for them because they're coming down under fire and people are angry and they're being attacked. And the one thing that people need to remember is you you can't look at the whole broad group and assume that everyone in that group is the same unfortunately you're going to have a bad apple here and there 
but not every police officer is bad. Not every police officer is out to get you. Not every police officer is corrupt. You just need to remember that. And, you know, the, 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 the fighting, and I'm, I'm rambling here and I thought I don't want to wrap it up now. The fighting, the arguing, the, the posts on Facebook, the posts on Twitter, the posts on Instagram, all in a negative light is completely unnecessary. Um, just to give you a quick example, a very good friend of mine who's very neutral, doesn't like confrontation or anything at all, posted something in support. And you had to have that one person that's got to chime in and say something extremely negative. And then all of a sudden he's got a, a 60 comment thread of just people screaming at each other back and forth, people that don't even know each other. And he was just like, you know what? He's like, this has got to stop. He actually froze all of the comments and then later decided to take it down just because some of the stuff on there was just so bad, um, you know, pro Trump, pro whatever. So just exercise caution, be kind. There's no need to fight and argue, you know, just because it's your thought and just because it's your um, belief doesn't necessarily mean that it's right and it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody else in the world agrees with you and I feel like there needs to be uh, a lesson learned that people are allowed to have different views and opinions and you know don't don't shove things down people's throats and and make them want to believe what you believe um and and that's that's really all I have to say. Fair enough. I think we, we lost out for a second. Um, Dad, I, I, I we we always say that the Sal said it perfectly, not all cops are bad. we we have, as we always say, one of the good ones on our at our show. We don't talk about it much. Well, we don't. I know Dad is proud of the fact that he opens every Facebook video with retired MPD officer. But we do have a retired MPD officer right here. So, Dad, why don't you take the floor and go ahead. Watching the video of the officer with George Floyd, I can tell you right now, it was very powerful, very emotional. Um, a range of emotions came through. Uh, anger, frustration, fear, uh, disrespect, you know... Don't get me wrong, uh, there are bad officers throughout the United States and even around the world. Whether or not it's due to lack of sensitivity training, due to lack of understanding regular training, due to lack of um, basically that we can all agree to disagree. I mean, there's a myriad of reasons, but there was no reason for what that officer did to George Floyd by putting his knee on the neck and stopping the blood flow to his brain, and then, even worse, doing it and watching him expire on the ground like he was a piece of trash. I'm, a, I'm under the understanding by watching video there were three other officers there. When that video was run, none of them said, hey, stop this, you're hurting him, or physically remove the officer from that area for Mr. Floyd. That enraged me because if you do nothing to help a person in distress, 
then you are saying it's okay what that officer is doing to this person that's on the ground. That's totally wrong. That's totally disrespectful. That is not the way how law enforcement should behave. If you were, we were in the midst of basically fixing broken fences and broken things with the citizens and the public. And my new comment now is communicate and educate. If we all sit together, all the protest leaders, all the faith leaders, all the city leaders, the high-ranking officials in law enforcement, and say, okay, let's have an open forum for discussion. Tell us what's wrong. Tell us what's not working. Let, let us know what's happening so we can address the situation and correct the bad behavior. If you don't have open dialogue, then everything is an assumption. Like, all African-American people can think all white officers are bad. Or if you're in the Latino race, you can say that all officers are going to arrest me because I, I am uh, not, a legal, not a legal person in the United States, and they're going to send me back to my homeland. These are all assumptions, and you can't make the assumptions. We can agree to disagree. I understand your frustration, your anger, your fear. It's well-placed, and there have been peaceful protests. I'm not saying that you don't have the right to assemble and the right for free speech. You do. You can do that, and basically you can do it for your cause. But there are two groups out there. There are the actual protesters for the cause, and then there are the looters and rioters that are taking advantage of a situation for their own personal gain. So I want this right now. There's, there are two groups, the peaceful protest and the rioters and looters. And those are the ones that are causing an issue that's causing law enforcement to have very dramatic impact and engaging and having injuries and videotapes and things like that. You know, it totally frustrates me and gets me angry because when I worked for 28 years, no matter whose house I went into, I never disrespected that person. I never disrespected them what they believe in. I never disrespected for what they did in life. And that's the whole thing is if you treat people the way you want to be treated, there'll be less of this situation. But this has been a powder keg. Now it's gone off with all these incidents that happened. The jogger in, in Georgia, the lady that called on the guy in New York because she thought she was being threatened. There have been other issues. You can't take a band-aid approach to fix this. You have to sit down and actually open up your mind, come out of the box, and have open forum for discussion. Are there going to be some tense issues? Oh, yeah, you bet. Are there going to be a lot of profanities flying back and forth? Oh, you, you bet. But if you don't have this open forum for discussion and dialogue, then you can't address the problem to fix it permanently. And that's what we need. Somebody has to extend the olive branch and say, I'm sorry. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be political leaders. I don't know if it's going to be law enforcement leaders. I don't know if it's going to be protest leaders. I don't know if it's going to be faith leaders. But someone needs to put out that olive branch and say, I'm sorry for your pain and hurt. What can I do to make it better for you so it doesn't continue in the future?
Oh, Sal, you texted me. You wanted to bring something up. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I there was just one question that I had that I was thinking about, and it was actually brought up in conversation um, that I would like to ask uh, Dad, who obviously is an expert. Um, so my question is, as far as I know, there was no struggle. There was no resisting on George Floyd's part. He was handcuffed. What was the purpose of what that officer did? From what I understand, and this is the information I'm getting, and I don't agree with it, is supposedly he was keeping the subject under control because he was kind of fidgeting, moving his head back and forth. Here's the thing. You got this guy pressed against your squad car. He's handcuffed. You're on top of where the hell is he going to go? What the heck is he going to do? He's not reaching for a weapon. There's no immediate threat. What the officer should have did is basically take his knee off his neck, put it between his shoulder blades, and monitor him. And if you need a medical assistance, that officer should have got him medical assistance ASAP. I believe that particular officer who's now arrested and looks like he's going to be charged with second degree murder along with the other officers that were there is that there have been complaints lodged against this officer in the past. My understanding is either 14 or 15. If that doesn't send a signal to a supervisor, I don't know what does. And if you have that many complaints, you better talk to that officer. You better find out why he's doing all these things and these actions again, these complaints. And if he's not complying, then you know what? There's the door. See you on the way out. Have a nice day, but you're no longer an officer. And I think supervisors have to wake up and look at the individual complaints and see if there's any merit to it. And most of the time there will be. Do the investigation, find out why these actions happened, and then take the steps that you need to do for that officer, either correct the behavior or have him fired. All right. So um, for those on the podcast side, I'm going to throw to a song for everybody. Um, I'm going to put this video up actually separately from the main show for those wondering. So you'll probably see this video tonight on Thursday night when we record the show. So, um, while they're playing the song, I'm actually going to end the video recording and then start a new one with the main show on. So, um, last night, I was trying to figure out how we're going to do this. How are we going to do this whole opening? And, obviously, Dad wanted to say his piece. We have feelings of our own. Honestly, I, I did not... Ex- when, when I was starting this show prep last week, I was like, Hey, we're going to start the show off. I'll do something about Pride Month, and we'll get into the show. This is now we're on my radar last week when I started prepping the show, knowing I prepped the show the week in advance. So, I'm like, what? how do we want to do this? So, this morning, I was like, last night, I was like, I have a song. And then I rewatched Hairspray this morning while I was cleaning. So, I'm like, this is perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, we're going to play the song from this movie, Queen Latifah, I Know Where I've Been, from Hairspray. And then we'll get back, and we'll start the show proper. And I will... Totally be making fun of Sal for all the stuff we've been seeing in the bottom of the screen for the last five minutes. Uh, <laughs> that all being said, let's do this. We'll mute out and we'll be right back on the podcast side.
present this podcast to you 
in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. enjoying the weather. Let me bring on my co-host. First of all, the Bird Whisperer, the biggest deal in podcasting. Sal, how you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm well. Um, I believe my ear is probably bleeding from a bird bite, but other than that, I think I'm okay. Yeah, anyone that's watching this on the video feed on Facebook is like, what is going on with that bird? <laughs> so, um, let's bring on our other co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, our former Milwaukee Police Department officer, Mark Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing well. <laughs> you know, Great to uh, be alive and be breathing. Yeah, so I, I had a different song planned for the opening, but again, like I said earlier, I was watching Hairspray, and I'm like, you know what, I'm changing it immediately. We're opening with Run and Tell That. Like, what oh, the oh, hell? No. It, it <laughs> was, the hell? It was appropriate. Yeah, why not? Let's open with this, get us in a good mood, get us started. Um... I, we do have a guest coming on later in the show. He'll be on in a few minutes. He is currently on the AAA media call, and he'll be jumping over here as soon as he's done. So, we'll hear from him later. So, Stel, how are you doing? Um, doing good. Uh, you know, all things considered, uh, just hanging in there. Yeah, you actually sound more awake than normal. That's why. <laughs> I'm surprised too because I didn't fall asleep until like almost 9:30 in the morning. Yeah, for those wondering, we record at one in the afternoon, um, two in the afternoon Eastern time, so that's a lot of sleep. Um, by the way, things are actually starting nope. to open up around here. Kyle has been, went back to tra- work, at, work training today at Pono oh. today. That's a big deal. So <laughs> yeah, though they they canceled Summerfest officially today too. So it's a weird conflict around here. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> we're having weird situations around here. So hey, and uh, Red Robin is uh, opening Monday. You're opening your stores. Okay, there you go. There's a random one. Sure. All right, let's end the music and let's um, start the show. Help support the show and find all the platforms you can find the show and other projects we work on at theblakeasthousehow.com. Uh, yes, and you can buy our shirts, stickers, hoodies, um, Animal Crossing items, and more. 
from our T Public store, click on the T Public link on our site or go to tpublic.com search for Blake and Sal show. And also, hey, do we the- have the Blake and Sal bandanas yet? No, but okay. if you went to our Instagram, if you're following us on Instagram, you did see all the um, advertisement for the mask that went into stock last night. So you can get the Blake and Sal show official mask for real this time. So. Ten, by the way, it's ten dollars for it's ten dollars for a mask, but they also you're paying for two because one goes to hospitals for official masks. So you're really paying for two masks. Um, also, you can go to belowthecollar.com and search for the show and get shirts there. All right, let's go to commercial. We'll come back. We'll get our normal plugs in, and then we'll get started on the show. All right, we're back. So let me get a few plugs in. First of all, Defy the Mighty Ducks, of course, every single Friday, right before this show. You will hear um, this week we have Tim from RandomChatter.com, our first Random Chatter guest over on Defy. We don't have many new guests that often, so there you go. Um, over on the quarantine edition of Blake and Sell at the Cons, we have the cast of Boy Meets World. They did a watch-along over at Reed Pop, and we got the audio. So that's over there. I see Mandy dancing in the background behind Dad. And um, this pa- I, I, I think I'm going to start promoting this because people seem to be enjoying these. So this past week on the archives, on Wednesday, we had... Um, this, you, it was the three of us and Mandy, Mark and Dad, Mark and Mandy were guests, and they were actually talking about our top five favorite wrestlers. If you might have seen it, 2013. So let's keep that in mind. And then this past Thursday was our conversation with Sherry Ross from the New Jersey Devils Radio at the time. So yes, so they both were from um, May 2nd, 2019, 2013, and this is one of the few times where both shows this week were on the same show. It only happens like once in a blue moon, and then it like, gets all scattered and weird. <laughs> it really gets scattered and weird. <sighs> so that's that. Well, before we get into things, there's one thing on the run sheet that I was on here, and I didn't realize I deleted it. Sal, what the hell was this thing you sent me about Burger King and Taylor Swift? What the fuck did you send me? <laughs> <laughs> Language. Yeah, right. What the fuck um... did you send me? <laughs> Um, so, uh, lack of a better term, they're beefing. <laughs> oh, please, uh, please explain that, Tom. <coughs> I don't think Dad knows what you we're know what? talking now I about. To... I don't think Dad knows what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Sal sounds me apparently Burger King is taking shots at Taylor Swift on Twitter. Like, <laughs> so it, random and weird. It, it wouldn't be that Taylor Swift's promoting the Impossible Burger, would it be? I don't, I don't know. It's so weird and so random. You said, like, what the hell did you send me in the middle of the night? I wake up. You can tell. And I'm trying to find it because I'm trying to remember what was even said. Yeah. You can tell it's on, um, it's, you can tell he works overnights. When he sends me tech messages, I wake up and I'm like, what the hell is this? It's, for, it's like 5, 4, 30 in the morning. I'm like, what the hell is this he sending me? <laughs> so. Oh, wait, here it is. Hold on. I'm loading it up now. No problem. You tell, tell dad what was said at Burger King 2. Fucking <laughs> so um, uh, a, a fan, I guess you could say, a fan of Burger King had thrown out a tweet out there and asked at Burger King, I need to know what is your favorite Taylor Swift song? So Burger King replies and they say the one about her ex, <laughs> implying that they're all about her exes because she dates around and she's a little loose. 
That's amazing. That's <laughs> fucking amazing. I'm not gonna lie. That's hysterical. And then people went off because you know, like, oh, how dare you? And blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I think she made a comment, but now I can't find it. But yes, yeah, so that's how that all started. You know, suddenly that is the most unimportant thing that happened in the last week. <laughs> so, and much needed. And much needed. So, are we saying that Burger King and Taylor Swift have a falling out? Uh, maybe, or maybe she's just having fun with them, and it was just a good, all in good fun. You never know. You never know. People sometimes well, blow things. So, I, if there's one thing we've learned in the last couple of weeks, people may blow things out of proportion. <laughs> they so just. That's what happens when you don't get the double whopper your way. <laughs> By the way, okay, Hi-yo. so everybody knows, I'm actually sitting outside, and um, I was really worried when we were about to go on. It was raining out here, legitimately raining, as I was setting up the computer. There was like one rain cloud above me. Like in the cartoons. <laughs> look at the cartoons where you have the rain cloud above you. That was literally what was going on out here. There was one cloud in the sky that was great. It was above me. <laughs> like 20 minutes before we started the show. Well, there you go. But what we're saying is Blake here. pissed off Mother Nature. Yeah, it was absolutely hysterical. But now it's beautiful out here, so we won't have any problems now. But yeah, I decided to sit outside and do the show because it's, like, it's like almost 70 degrees outside. It's a nice breeze. So I figured, what the hell? Yeah, why not? So change change the setup and change the background a little bit and have a little bit of fun. So is that is that Studio O? I don't know what this is. Maybe I'll go Studio O. Why not? I, I like that. Here's a letter we don't use often. So there you go. All right. So that being said, as we're waiting for our guest, he just emailed me. He'll be here in a few minutes. They're on the, the last question in the media call. Oh, there he is. Perfect timing. It's it's like he wow, knew we were talking that. about him. I like a prompt person. I know, seriously. So we're just waiting for him to get his video on. Let's play his music, and we'll get him on the show. Let's bring on from the PW Torch, Kelly Wells. Kelly, how you doing? Doing okay. Um, sorry about the video. It's really humid here, so um, so I just can't wear a shirt today. <laughs> so uh, so that's why I decided not to show up with a shirt. But um, but but if you can handle it, so can I. Here, no I'll, problem. I'll <laughs> it's funny. We're in literally four different locations. I'm sitting outside because it's so nice here in Milwaukee. So, like, we, we, we put this on Twitter. Kelly is topless. Oh my god. I, I hope I hope Animal. Kelly realizes that this is being recorded. So I hope he realizes that. Right. <laughs> oh man. So all right. Let's let's. We were literally just about to get in the wrestling. So perfect timing, Kelly. You couldn't have a better timing if you tried. So there you that go. Sounds good. Given all the tech issues we were having getting onto the Triple H call, I like that this one is uh, easy. Yeah, so what's um hit the wrestling intro and we'll get right into things. Did somebody call for the Nature Boy Rick Flair to come on here and say a thing or two? You all deserve this. Under the sea, under the sea. Oh, don't worry, you could have seen the commando. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Akuna Matata! What a wonderful phrase! We are 
Stop. Listen. Because. Because. Lance Catamaran. By the way, Sal, um, Mandy made more melon, cut up more melon this morning. So I'm having a bowl of melon sitting here again today. So, there's so many comments that we could say, but we're, I'm just gonna bypass that. No, no, Sal, I'll make a joke for you. Dad, Dad bought the melon yesterday, and Mandy's like, he's drinking some good melons. And then CJ just burst out of the laughter in the living room. He just lost it. <laughs> he has the room. I can see it now on Twitter. Dad has nice melons. All right, Sal, <laughs> let's get into the news. Uh, there is a report that Samoa Joe will be the permanent member of the Raw announced team. Yeah, I like this move. I'm not going to lie. I like this move. Kelly, I know you don't watch the main Raw that often, but how do you feel about Samoa Joe being on the Raw announced team? Wonderful move. Um, he's at the point where he's not... He, he was brought up too late in his career to be somebody that they were really going to get behind. They got some main events out of him at, uh, at big shows. I, I do watch the monthlies every, every month. I, I never miss one. Um, and he, sometimes I can get through about an hour or so of Raw SmackDown. But um, I, I think having a voice like Samoa Joe, who's well-reasoned, uh, just a really pleasant voice to listen to um, and can work uh, face or heel, depending on the situation, and then on top of everything can also, it's rare that you want to A, listen to the wrestler's voice and B, the wrestler has anything to say, but this particular talent is an absolute dream for them and I'm glad they found a spot for him. I do agree. It sounds like he might be when he's clear the wrestle, he'll be like King or you can do both. So that mm -hmm. sounds like a lot of fun. Dad, what do you think? Samoa Joe is great and comfortable behind the mic, and he gives a different insight on things, which is great. So that way, at least when you're going through a match, you're not kind of going, okay, okay. No, he gives some colorful commentary, and, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to listen to him as you're going through a match, knowing what he's gone through, knowing what he can do, and having him behind the mic and, and – and, and that is just great. And I'm glad he's comfortable behind the mic. And I'm glad that uh, WWE is doing this. He needs someone like him behind the mic. Sal, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. He, I, I love listening to him speak. Uh, he, he has a lot to say. He's got a lot to offer. Um, and I find myself paying attention more when he speaks and when, when he's, uh, when he's calling a match. So um, I, 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 I love the move and uh, I really do hope that it's permanent in the fact that, you know, even when he is cleared and he can wrestle again, that he would be able to do both. I agree. I, it's funny because it makes Raw easier to watch. I know me and Sal watch Raw together yeah. like every week. And it's hard to sometimes to sit there and listen to Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon. So to have um, Joe there, it kind of helps. It does help things. And it does, it's not like we have an old man in there that should be sitting there because of social distancing rules. So I, also helps. <laughs> that also helps. So, okay, Sal, continue on. Uh, AEW announced that uh, Firefest will air as episodes of Dynamite on July 1st and July 8th. Yes. Two episodes. Yes, two episodes of Firefest. That was announced last night on AEW. Don't worry, Sal, that's the only AEW spoiler on this show. Uh, <laughs> um, Kelly, I need the NXT guy. 
But how about this for AEW to do two big events on back-to-back Wednesdays to start July? Uh, this is this is an old wrestling trick. This is right out of the Vince McMahon playbook. Uh, well, you're going to run Starcade. Why don't I create this thing that I call the Royal Rumble and put it on free TV? Um, it's it's a good move. It's an interesting move, and I think they'll grab some some new or lapsed viewers out of this. So, uh, I, I mean, some you know if you if you go to twitter somebody's gonna call it dirty pool but um but i like this move and uh and it's a good it's a good foot in the door for fans who um who want to jump into something big and uh can see these payoffs and things start to move in a new direction i'm i'm intrigued by the decision and uh i'm in favor of it dad i think this is a great move for AEW. um you know, you're you're kind of taking like this is a page out of Mr. Man's playbook, and you're going to utilize it against him. So let's see what the ratings are when this is all over. And I guarantee, I believe the ratings will probably go to AEW because of this, and and it's a great move. What's interesting to me is we're in a kind of a stage of the summer where we're kind of looking for things to look forward to. Because as I said to to um Mandy right before he came on the air. I literally have two things on my calendar between now and the end of the year. <laughs> like, I have nothing anymore. <laughs> so to have something but, in the wrestling would look forward to is cool. Like, this is something cool to look forward to. So, But here's the thing with AEW. These started having wrestlers as the audience, first. you know, mm. really early in this, whereas Vince kind of kind of wondered, uh, okay, okay. Okay. I, I, All right, okay. let's have the let's I, have the performance center recruits as audience. Let me. Exp- I, I can actually almost excuse it because AEW is outdoors, and you can social distance better outside than you can inside. So, like, I, I much I don't like giving Vince any kind of praise on this show, especially right now. But AEW is outside, so they can't really. It's different. All right, Sal, let's let's change gears. Go. Uh, yeah, um, news that I had no idea. Uh, Bray Wyatt and JoJo have their second child, uh, Hyrie Von Rotunda. Yeah, I, I didn't even know she was pregnant until all of a sudden the news came out that they had a kid. I was like, oh shit! I mean, she must have gotten pregnant, like, the day after she gave birth, I feel like. <laughs> Dad, any thoughts? So, is it in the water? Becky's pregnant? Uh... Well, JoJo had the kids. Bray so his wife is pregnant. Yeah, I, and, and, and Bray's wife, do you have their second child? There's got to be something in the water over in Stanford, Connecticut. I'm waiting for someone else to become pregnant. Well, it's not Stanford, Connecticut. But it's great news for them. It's Orlando, Florida. That's where the water, that's where the water crazy is right now. Oh, there you see, there <laughs> it is. It's the mountain of youth. That's it. Kelly, anything on this or move on? Uh, this, this seems a little bit like... Uh, like the baby boom. It's like, what else is there to do? Um, baby boom happened because everybody got home. This is happening because everybody's already home. Um, uh, yeah, so not, true. not overly surprised that we're seeing a tiny boom here. True. All right, Sal, take it. Go. And boom, indeed. Uh, Nigel McGuinness <laughs> was for a while as a part of the releases in April. Yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't know about Nigel. This is the big surprise to me. I was like, Oh, that's what happened. I wonder if it's just because NXT UK currently is on the air. Uh, I think that might be something to do with it. Kelly, you I know you said you were watching NXT UK for a while. Any thoughts on Nigel? 
I do watch NXT UK. I have this weird, weird habit where I will accidentally forget to watch it for about three months, and then I'll sit and I'll watch 12 episodes over the course of two days. <laughs> um, and normally that happens right before a takeover. And now I don't know when that is, so now I don't have to have a built-in excuse to remember to get back on the horse. But my daughters will be done with homeschool very soon, so that's probably when that's going to start happening. Uh, I didn't know that he had been furloughed. It does make sense now that I uh, see the news. And when I saw you post it on the on the run sheet, I, I hadn't known it before, but I guess that makes sense. But I wouldn't worry too much about Nigel. It seems like they really like him. They use him in spots where uh, where it makes sense to do so. Um, so I think uh, I think he'll be back um, when the world is. Dad? Nigel gives some great insight, and I'm surprised they furloughed him. Uh, I don't know what WWE has in store for him in the future, and I don't think anyone knows. But here's the thing. you got to remember where Nigel came from before, which was Ring of Honor. I don't know if that's an idea for him to go back until WWE gets everything corrected or not. I mean, it's a possibility. I would like to see him come back to Ring of Honor because the people they got doing commentary right now it's like sleepy by. So hey. I, I would like Nigel to come back, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, Rick of Honor is not running shows. I like Ian Rick of Honor personally. But yeah, well, yeah, Rick of Honor is not running oh, see, right now. <laughs> I would love to have Ian and Nigel together. That would be okay. a great team. That makes sense. All right, Sal, let's go into a little silliness of this news. Uh, so, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, uh, Takes a uh, takes the leave clause from his contract after losing the WWE twenty four seven championship to r Truth. Yeah, he he has the belt, drops the belt, and then takes a release clause so we can go back and play football. Um, this is weird. <laughs> this is a weird situation. This is for the weirdest like three months of a celebrity guest I've ever seen. <laughs> like he's been on he was on TV what twice before all this. Um, Kelly, has this been one of the weirder celebrity things we've seen in a while? You know, in wrestling, there's always something you can look back on and say that's even weirder. But this was a <laughs> weird run. Um, what I find fascinating about Gronkowski's run is that he came in and he was the host of WrestleMania. And somehow on a television show where people's literal jobs, they make money by being annoying, he was still the most annoying person on the show. But that's... <laughs> unbelievable like he's not even getting paid to be the guy you hate but he was as soon as he walked out i was like man what a punchable face he's got and i like i don't care i don't care about one team or the other i'm just not that kind of guy i just i'm i'm kind of detached emotionally from sports even though i like sports but yeah it's um what a run what a weird run it really was that's hysterical though that's a very funny moment dad Oh, wow. What can I say? Uh, I'm kind of, how can I say it? Yeah, Gronk was more annoying annoying, more annoying more than MVP. So I'll give wow. it that. <laughs> um, so what's next? You're going to have Stefan O'Mell come in and be a 24-7, 9-time, 7-11, a two champion or what? I don't think Stephen O'Mell is allowed. Because he might have something to do with AEW still. That may have something to do with them. Because if he's going to show up on TV, he's going to be AEW. Think about it. 
He wins the belt and he goes to AEW and puts it in the trash can. Is it is Stephen Amell doing that heels like Showtime show having to do with wrestling? Is he doing that show? Like he's in the, he was in the middle of filming that right when the pandemic happened. So he is yeah, in a I, I think so. Show. I don't think they finished it. Yeah, we and he's in the middle of filming that. So, all right. Um, last news. Go ahead. This was like a surprise moment. I didn't even know he was still he worked for the company again. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, friend of the show, Chris Joseph was released from WWE. Uh, he was rehired in December. Uh, and was one of the lead writers of SmackDown. I wonder why he was fired. It just seems like weird that he gets tired and then he's gone within like six months. Maybe he decided I'm gone. Maybe that's what it was. I remember how when he was on the show, he'd been on the show a couple times, and he would really complained about his time there. So I was very surprised <laughs> he hired. Him. He went back. <laughs> uh, Kelly. Well, he he can't go back to Lucha because there's no Lucha Underground anymore. So where is he going to go to? Um, just, well, and he can't even go to CBS because Big Brother is canceled this year. So he can't even go there and do that this year. Um, Here Kelly, you go. Kelly, your thoughts? It's, it seems like the writers are easy fall guys and that um, the producers survive these uh, a lot easier than the writers do. So when they go through lean times, uh, it seems like the writers get let go. And they always say the same thing afterwards, which is like, they fired us because they didn't like the writing, but they vetoed almost everything I suggested. So it's not like I was the problem because the, what I was trying to write and get put on the show almost never made it. And that's not my fault. I, I went there, I did what I was supposed to do. And then uh, the show was bad because Vince made all these executive decisions, but Vince ain't firing Vince. So um, I'm not surprised when somebody gets let go from uh, the main roster. I don't know his situation, uh, I, I was surprised again on the run sheet to see he was involved again because, but I shouldn't be because these things are always in such quick flux. Very true. Um, for those who are listening to our archive episodes, our Krista Joseph episode, first episode interview, will be up in a couple of weeks over on our archive episodes on one of the Thursday shows. So I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know it's coming up in like two weeks. So for those who want to hear that back, it's like a 45-minute interview we did with Krista Joseph about, about seven years ago. It's going to go up in a couple of weeks. Krista Joseph can always go to NWA <laughs> Oh, by the way, before we even move on, this is not on the run sheet. Kelly, what the hell is Carney Land? <laughs> Um, I'll tell you when I figure it out, uh, it's, it, you know, I cover NWA for, uh, for the torch also, and man, in the four or five months that I've been covering it, what dizzying highs and lows we've seen. It is such, I'll give it this, like you can't see what's on NWA power anywhere else, but sure. sometimes that's because it shouldn't be on anywhere. Like, it's just so weird. Like, the the feud that is getting perhaps their most TV time is a feud between the lowest face and the lowest heel on the entire <laughs> roster. It's a, I don't even know. Like, they would never beat anyone, but they are pushing the hell out of their particular one-on-one -on -one feud. It, it's a weird show. Um, Carney Land, I think, is making the best out of a bad situation. They're not running shows. They don't have all this money banked where they can just – run these shows and keep the brand out there they, they got to do it so however way they can so i think um doing this uh honestly the first couple episodes of carney land were better than the last few episodes of weekly tv they did they posted oh their all-star 
they posted their all-star episode what did they call it superpower superpower and we watched it yeah yeah and and the three of us who do the podcast we watched it and we're like this is their all-star show and it was harder to watch than just about anything like we were like i never would have gotten through the 90 minutes of this show if i wasn't required to do so but, uh, <laughs> oh my god well, I NWA. It is all over the map. Thank you, Kelly. I, we, we don't talk about NWA much, obviously, with the with the COVID situation going on. They're not running shows, but I had to bring it up. I had to ask that you were here. <laughs> so, what Kelly is saying that who's ever behind creative, they're doing this in sort of a drunken stupor or a drug-induced super, you know, idea, and they're coming up with these wonderful plans. Okay. I got a great idea. Let's put the belts up back on the Rock and Roll Express. No, no, don't do that. Um, I was going to say, the show went I'm being, downhill. I, I, I'm not serious on that. I was being I, sarcastic. Knowing you, I'm never, not, I'm never sure with you. <laughs> no, the only reason I'm bringing it up is they want to probably boost readings and they can do it that way. Great. Nostalgia sells, but it's time to let nostalgia go at times. I, I yeah, they'll be thing. the first ever Franklin Roosevelt of the tag team division. They'll die while in office. <laughs> I, I was going to say, the show went downhill when they changed the theme song. That's all I know. The show went downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm still mad about that. All right, let's move on to other things that happened. Um, this is obviously, we're, it's a little late because we recorded our show on Wednesday last week, so we missed a couple of things. But FTR, they debuted on Dynamite. Sal, I know you were excited. The, the Sal, Sal texted me. He's like, I just got spoiled from Dynamite. I'm watching Dynamite after NXT, and he's telling me I just got spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sal, you're excited. FTR, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, they're they're gonna they're gonna bring some great stuff uh, to their tag team division that we've been saying has been lacking, and um, I'm excited because now I feel like they can be a little bit more loose and be a little bit more themselves. Yeah, I, I, by the way, I'm watching Dynamite this week, and they were interviewed by Shivani, and um, Shivani asked if they said if, if FTR stood for fuck the revival and they actually censored the word revival, which cracked me up. Wrong word. Sorry. So dad, your thoughts on FTR. Uh, it, they need a change. They need to do this. They, they need to do something to change up the scenery there. And I think FTR is going to do it. And, you know, why do I think, on this, that Tony Schiavone is, is like in the tool position, Tony where Bonnie's okay, we'll, we'll we'll use him for this, we'll use him for that, and we'll make all our jokes and remarks against Schiavone, and he's not going to say anything. He's going to stand there and go, uh, okay, okay. I I don't I don't like spoiling stuff for Dynamite when Salas doesn't watch the show yet, but I have to say this: that at the end of the Britt Baker video this week, Sal, um, freaking um. Tony Schiavone was standing there waiting to hug her at the end. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is happening on this show? <laughs> Kelly, your thoughts on FTR? Oh, Schiavone, there's a guy who's been in the tool position his entire career. Um, as for FTR, um, this was, okay, so AEW's tag division is simultaneously the best and most infuriating tag division there is because talent-wise, nobody compares. Um, they've got a lot of the best teams in the world and they've got a lot of matches that are, that are fresh and interesting and all that. But a lot of times when I catch a full episode of AEW, I'll get two very, very good tag matches and they won't really 
it doesn't seem like they're there for anything but to be a good match. It doesn't seem like there's a lot at stake. I know they're trying to do the wins and losses. They're trying to do the rankings, and that's great, but it seems like a lot of times it's just... I think wrestling can be just a bunch of matches that are good if that's what you want it to be, but it's interesting to me that a lot of it is just trading wins. A lot of it is just the same thing that we get on WWE's case about. Uh, as for the Revival, specifically FTR, which stands for many things now, and they're yes. having a lot of fun with that, um, with those three letters. Uh, I think this is a great move for them if they can really, really buckle down that division because their act works best when there are stringent rules that they are breaking. So if there are no rules in the tag division, then there's no rules to break. And that kind of makes the revival um, act not work as well as it should. So uh, I think these guys will figure out a way to shine regardless. I think this is definitely um, a championship match in waiting and or a championship team in waiting. And I, I cannot wait to see the payoff of kind of this two, three-year feud that the Revival has kind of had with the Young Bucks with, while being in different uh, companies. So yeah. hopefully they uh, do that right. I totally agree. Okay, I just I have to stop the wrestling talk for one second. We, me and Sal are over here getting breaking news on something else we have to address real fast. <laughs> um, the NHL um, just announced that the NHL and the NHL PA have agreed on the um, playoff format. So we will be seeing hockey soon. That is great yeah. news. That just broke, like, literally seconds ago. So we're really – sorry. I just had to – we'll talk more about this next week. I just really wanted to address that because it just popped up on my phone. So, yay. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Matt Riddle, he debuted on SmackDown this past Friday. I'm excited. I like the video. The video actually told me more about Matt Riddle than about, about a year or so on AXT, which is hysterical to me because I like Matt Riddle. But that video is actually better for him than on NXT. Kelly, Matt Riddle moving to SmackDown. Your thoughts? Uh, not surprised that he was kind of fast-tracked. He was in some kind of some high-profile uh, situation. It, it, the last few months have been great for him. Um, before the pandemic started, uh, he had a real good thing going with Pete Dunne, just a fun, um, odd-couple tag team, and they were going to continue that with Timothy Thatcher, and then a lot of things got changed, and these are audibles. And this is something that uh, Triple H... I was able to, I didn't ask him this one, but, uh, but this is kind of a situation where changes needed to be made um, because uh, it looked like induced share was going to have a big feud with um, the new browser weights, but that got changed because uh, Riddle was fast tracked to SmackDown. So they had to get the belts off them and they didn't know if induced share was ready for their spot. Um, So a lot of things changed. This, This was real quick. I think this is, I think this is good for Riddle. I think this is good for SmackDown and um, and NXT is fine because they have a lot of people to fill the void. Um, and Riddle had an absolute, an absolutely fantastic uh, fight pit match with Timothy Thatcher just a week and a day ago on um, on NXT. It was lovely. I love that structure. I hope they can find a reason to use it again. But you got to have the right people to actually make that kind of match work. So. Um, yeah, not surprised by the news, but the timing was interesting just considering how much he was figured into TV lately. Yeah, very true. Dad, your thoughts? Riddle. Uh, Riddle should be a good fit for SmackDown. Uh, my understanding <laughs> is that he made noise that he wanted to go on SmackDown and face Brock Lesnar, and when news got to Brock, they kind of said, mm, no, no, 
we're not doing that yet. So I can see him being a good fit for SmackDown and have him going against like Sheamus, maybe even Jeff Hardy if he's still there, and take a run at a belt. So I think this is good for Matt Riddle, but we'll see where it goes. Sal? Yeah, um, I think he's a perfect fit for SmackDown. I know that when the rumors were coming out that he was going to either or, I immediately said to myself, it's got to be SmackDown because I can't see him on Raw. And if he went on Raw, I feel like he would be mixed into the shuffle incorrectly and he would just kind of get lost. So uh, I feel like SmackDown was the good move. Yeah, and SmackDown had the immediate need as well. Like, there's yeah. there's just who else is in that spot right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. All right, um, we had um, something. I expected this match to be a takeover, but it happened on NXT, which I have no problem with. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship match. Before I even get to the match, Kelly, when the hell did they drop the interim part? <laughs> they did that recently. So, I loved that they did this tournament. This is a, um, this is exactly how new Japan does their tournaments every year. Although they have much, a lot more people in them. And so these tournaments will take 15, 18 shows and they're wonderful. Uh, they drop the interim because a, who knows when that time comes, um, they stopped saying that. And it was quiet when they just stopped saying one word, you don't even notice for a bit until you wake up and say, wait, has it been a couple weeks since I heard that? Um, and so I, I think that it was, I always thought that it was a little short-sighted to call it that and a little perhaps overly optimistic to call it that when they don't know when, uh, Jordan Devlin's going to be able to get back to the States. Like there's really no, there's no official timetable right now. So I thought that it was a little short-sighted and no matter what they call it, it's going to be better for Jordan Devlin when it comes back over and it's not putting anybody over to have them win an interim title. So it's like, you're kind of the champion. So I'm, I'm glad they took that terminology out there. There were a few missteps in the tournament, which how they, like when one of the blocks ended, there was some confusion among the announcers over whether the block had actually been won. And they said, <laughs> well, now you got two guys at two and one. And I said, but one of them has the tiebreaker. It's over. Phantasma won the block it's done yeah um, and we later in the reaction. show they just kind of <laughs> yeah they yeah so it was it was a little silly i will say i love the way that this came to a head who knows if um if you're going to be interested in the uh, triple h media call from today because naturally the drake maverick, maverick question came up uh it was my intended question but sean ross Sapp got in before me and he asked the question so, um, so they talked about that and how that came about. Uh, I felt that this was definitely going to end with Kushida and, um, and Phantasma. And I especially thought that because of the scene they had with Kushida and Phantasma outside leading to Phantasma is going to be the leader of the evil luchadores. He just is. So, um, I thought that, uh, maybe this was an audible in the end, but what a, an interesting piece of TV we got last night. Yeah, we and for those who didn't see it, go out of your way. This was fantastic TV. Where Drake Maverick and Olivia Santasma, they had their title match. And damn, what a match. What a great <laughs> match. This is fun to watch. Drake Maverick lost. And um Santasma is the champion. Um before we even get to Maverick, Sal, how do you feel about Fantasma actually being the cruiserweight champion? 
it's it's interesting and it's it's something new and I'm you know I'm I'm all for it. I, I it's really really cool. Um, Dad, I think for right now it works, but down the road he's gonna face Kushida again. Now here's the thing: is he gonna face him alone, or is he gonna have his masked luchador friends be there and run interference? But I can see him and Kushida tangling up again, and I would love for Kushida to have a title belt. Well, that's that. Um, Kelly, Fantasma winning this thing. Again, I wasn't even, I didn't even think about him winning when they announced the brackets. But here we are, and the possible leader of the um, his petty patrol. Um, Kelly, what are you thinking? I called him as the winner when it's started um when they announced the brackets i just thought this is the way to really give this guy the proper push they've really liked him on the live circuit uh one of the guys on my podcast tom stout goes to many many shows televised and non and so he knows kind of how high they were on phantasma and i've seen phantasma work he was he was king cuerno in um in lucha underground so he's he's got that pedigree where it's clear how good he is and i thought if they were going to be anything out of him they might as well do it right away at the same time the nagging thought in the back of my mind was always well i would love to see it be kushida because kushida keeps seemingly hitting his head on the same exact part of the glass ceiling every time he gets close um and this is the kind of tournament he won in japan over and over so um, only lost once in the tournament and that was swerve so we'll match with swerve will definitely happen also drink maverick at the end of the show he um got his nxt contract from triple h emotional ending i i wish i knew if drake knew going in if he was going to get that contract or not um kelly i know you guys were talking about this on your show I listened to your show this morning. So, but what are your thoughts on this? He knew he had to know because of, um, if he wasn't getting signed, he would have taken other bookings. Um, so it was the likelihood and reading between the lines. I think the situation is that he, he knew because he had to, but when he went up the ramp, he likely did not know that they were going to show that moment on TV. So the real emotion came out of him because even though he knew how this story ended, it was still a really big moment. And, um, and uh, this was uh, on the, on the call with triple H, he did, um, he did confirm that this was a legitimate release and they already had him booked in the tournament. And so he was like what they said about giving him the option to show up in the tournament and do his matches. He said he absolutely wants to. And, uh, and of course, he wanted to be in that position because, A, he gets his job back by just doing great work in it, or, B, um, he doesn't, but the extra exposure, the high-profile exposure on NXT allows him to get better bookings elsewhere. So... Um, so it, it was kind of a win-win for him, which sounds really weird considering how uncomfortable this whole storyline was. Uh, so he knew because he had to, but uh, but the way it went down, uh, there was some surprise for him, which which drew out some emotion. And I know some fans 
are uncomfortable with the whole way that this came off and some other wrestlers who were released are uncomfortable with this as well. And I don't blame them, but it was good TV and that's the goal. So each person has to decide if the end justifies the means. Yeah, it was really good TV. And I said to Mandy right before the match, because I'm like, I'm so happy this is the main event on NXT this week. And I'm like, I'm so invested in this match because of the storyline with Jake Maverick. I probably would not have been that invested in the main event if it wasn't for it. Like, that says a lot about how good Drake was in this tournament. Um, Dad, your thoughts on Maverick now back with this, the company? <laughs> this was the feel-good moment for NXT and for Drake, and for him to basically not know that Triple H was going to come out and do this on the show was even better because you saw the real emotion. You saw the uh, the tears. You showed, showed the happiness. You showed the desire, the heart he, he has, the don't-quit attitude, which is great. And I'm hoping because he's back there, that his, I guess, his feelings for the industry kind of go on to the younger gen, uh, younger wrestlers in the locker room that, hey, you know, if you keep at it and you work hard, you do your best, that the reward is there for you, but you have to earn it. All right. So, Sal, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that everything worked out in the end. And, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, cool. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to th- – um, Kelly, as you mentioned a couple times, with a part of the Triple H media call, he actually let us have the audio. And we're going to play that now in post. And then we're going to go and we're going to play the intro for TakeOver. And we'll continue with preview TakeOver. So, thank you, Kelly, for supplying the audio. Very awesome. Thank you very much for that. Sure. Yep. And, Yes, and let's go to that, and we'll come back and talk about TakeOver in your house. Welcome to the call, everybody, and thank you for being here. Um, Again, I really appreciate everybody joining these calls and being a part of this. Um, Before we start today, I just wanted to offer my sincere condolences to the the family of uh, George Floyd and to the families of the countless others that have lost their lives due to senseless violence. Um, just wanted to say that before we get started. So with that, um, I know we have a lot of international people, uh, additional, uh, more so than usual today on the, on the call, so welcome. Um, I'm very, very excited about this uh, card. One, for us to be back in the takeover business, so to speak, with everything going on with, um, you know, the, the COVID situation and everything happening for us to be back having a takeover. And it seemed very apropos and in the moment while everybody is in quarantine and everything else to be uh, bringing back in your house, which I think a lot of people look back on at the time in WWE very fondly and, and see those as, fun and entertaining pay-per-views. I'm excited to bring that back. I think there will be a lot of uh, fun little uh, history pieces and and, uh, things that people will enjoy in this that will will be very retro, but we'll make them 
current to today. And, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think this card is spectacular. And, I, and I, I'm uh, always feel like we present a great card that then tends to even exceed expectations. This one I would expect to be no different. Um, as you saw last night, uh, Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, Mia Yim versus Candice uh, Gargano, Larray, uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in a six-woman tag, sort of stemming off of the, the Candice turn and everything happening around that. These are some of the most amazing uh, female performers, and I shouldn't even say that. It's just amazing performers that we have in the industry, uh, in the WWE. And uh, I really expect a lot out of this match. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the opportunity for all of them to show what they can do on this platform and take it to the next level. Um, and it should be it should be a, a hell of a match. Um, Johnny Gargano and his turn has created an entire new dynamic for Johnny that as one of the most consistent and exceptional performers in NXT now with this new character and new uh, sort of slant to everything that he is bringing to the table where it's Johnny Gargano's way. This is an entirely different match. Now Um, he brings something unique to the table and he needs to, against somebody as formidable as Keith Lee. You can make the argument that Keith had, maybe the best uh, 2019 of anybody in the WWE. Uh, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, to me, two completely different styles, but something that I'm looking forward to very much. Damian, the opportunity to compete against a veteran like Finn and, and show what he can do, and Finn Balor has just taken the Prince to a whole different level from where he was at before. Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole, for the NXT championship is um, uh, going to be done out, out of the arena offsite, as everybody knows. Um, I, I don't necessarily like using the term cinematic because I don't feel like that is, this is, this, this will be, uh, there will be a ring. This will be uh, what we do, but it will, um, it will be different and in a different environment and shot differently. And um, I think people are going to really enjoy this and it's, it was spectacular. So I think uh, this will be off the chart. For the NXT Women's Championship, the triple threat match, Rhea Ripley, who we talked about Keith Lee's 2019, you could put her right up there with it as probably uh, on an equal of, you know, one of the best 2019s of anybody in the business. Io Shirai, one of the most consistent performers that we have and probably in ring, uh, maybe the best female uh, performer in the world, in my opinion. And then Charlotte Flair, who absolutely has time and time again proven herself um, over the years. And, you know, this is her coming back to NXT and, you know, putting her thumb on everybody and showing them that that she's a queen. And this is going to be, to me, it's three of the best uh, performers in the business. And this one is going to be, I I have such high expectations for it, spectacular. And then, of course, Tommaso Ciampa and Karrion Cross. Tommaso, one of the toughest, grittiest, um, performers in NXT against somebody who has just sparked a fire in NXT and um, I think garnered everybody's interest in carrying cross. This is an opportunity for him to, to show really what he hasn't done yet, which is what does he really bring to the table in ring? And against somebody like Tommaso Ciampi, he couldn't have gone any higher up the ladder. 
So I can't wait to see that one. Um, so with that said, the card is spectacular in your house. We're going to bring something old, something new, and um, it should be a hell of a night. So with that, I'm going to open up to all of you uh, for questions. Guys, because we have a larger amount of international media on the call, we're going to keep it to one question per person today. Thank you very much. And thank you. If you'd like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star one on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute is off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, that's star one to ask a question. And we'll take our first question. Nick Hoffman with Wrestling Inc. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Hey, Nick. How are you? I'm I'm doing as as well as I can here in Chicago right now. Um, well, I wanted to ask yeah. you about. Um, Glad to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a tough time, obviously, for everybody. I appreciate your uh, concern. Uh, Florida is uh, entering phase two of the reopening. Uh, they've announced some concert halls are going to be available for shows uh, at half capacity. Uh, is NXT and WWE considering running shows outside of the Performance Center in Florida because of that? So I think, you know, since the beginning of this, we've been looking at all options and, and um, trying to figure out, you know, just, just how to navigate all of this. And as things have changed, we've worked very closely with the government in Florida to make sure that we are doing everything that they want us to do, expect us to do, and, and then some, um, and try to uh, stick to everything, you know, uh, CDC guidelines, everything. Um this has just come about and we have been uh, looking at options for when this time came. So I think all options are on the table for us. I think we need to understand completely what they're saying can and cannot be done and what they would like us to do. And then we will respond accordingly, but all options are on the table. You know, um, look, what we do is, is for our fans and we feel like it's our duty to, and, and have felt like that to continue to deliver for them. They've been there for us. We want to be there for them, even in this time when they need it the most, and people need that entertainment. So the faster we can get ourselves um, in front of our fans and uh, back to, to doing what we do, the better, as long as it's safe for everybody. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much, Paul. Looking forward to the show this Sunday. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Gabrielle Lorino with Every Eye. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, Gabrielle. Uh, you have just celebrated 25 years of career in uh, WWE, in which you have achieved great results, not only as a wrestler, but also outside the ring. And congratulations. Can you tell us a moment that you find particularly significant for you? Um, boy, um, 25 years, a long time. There's a lot of moments. Um, I enjoyed all of them, you know, for, for me, even more so than the moments in the ring, I think the, the moments backstage with everybody and, and the relationships that you build and the people that I've had the privilege of working with, all of those things will stick with me forever. You know, I've talked about the end of an era match with Taker and, you know, that moment at the top of the stage. For me now, it comes down to moments um, of, of watching the, the future talent grow and, and uh, knowing that we're 
giving them that platform, knowing that somehow in a small way we're helping them get there and, and assist that, you know, um, this Sunday will be no different. You know, you're going to see a lot of talent, some of which have been in this position before with takeovers and, and on that big stage and, and some who haven't, and you're going to see them rise to the occasion and, and grow as performers. And, and in some ways it might seem cliche, but those moments are almost bigger to me now than the moments of my career. The, it's, it's akin to watching, uh, you know, doing something in your life and then watching your kids succeed. Um, you know, what's more special I, to me right now in this moment, I wouldn't trade any of it. Um, watching, watching the, the men and women of, of NXT and, and beyond just captivate the world, do what they do, have that opportunity to live their dream. Um, those are the moments now for me that are the most important. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you. And next we'll go to Sean Ross Sapp with Fightful. Hey, Paul, thank you very much. Hey, Sean, Sean, can you walk us through the process of the the Drake Maverick situation, him getting his release, his, his heartfelt message, and then, one, him being allowed to continue in the tournament that he was scheduled for, until ultimately being offered another contract, including like what point did you all realize that you were going to keep him around? And what does that do for his contract? Is he just effectively on the same deal he had before? Is he re-signed to a new deal? How, how does that work? So uh, the, the Drake situation came about, you know, we already had the tournament booked out and, and I believe uh, at that point, time it was a little bit of a jumble with me without going back and looking, but I believe we had it promoted already at that time. And, um, and then the releases happen, which are horrible. And no one wants to see anybody lose their job, especially in the world right now. But, you know, a lot of companies uh, around the world are having to make tough business decisions in this moment in time to ensure that they are still there um, as, as this continues on. And, and difficult decisions were made. Um, he was given the option of continuing the tournament, wanted to. Um, and, you know, wanted to prove that he could still be here. You know, if you met him or know him at all, he is, he's just one of the most passionate guys, um, and loves WWE just wants to be here. It's his dream. The whole thing, um, couldn't, couldn't be a, a, a better, you know, guy. And, um, look, you know, as we said in the moment of, of time, when, when the release happened, it wasn't like he was involved in anything. So, you know, your uh, it, it just happened the way it did. But through the process of this tournament, man, he just he captured people's hearts. He captured their imagination, and he, he earned that spot. And, uh, you know, it was already out there in the biggest way possible. So you either ignore it or you, or you turn it into something, and, and we turned it into – to something uh, based off of his, him and his performances. And um, I'm thrilled, personally thrilled for him that he can uh, continue to, to do what he loves doing and what he dreamed about doing and um, that he has that opportunity going forward. Because like I said, he's a great guy and, and uh, I'm thrilled that we were able to, to get where we did. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. And next we'll go to Francesco Palmarini with Calcio Republic. 
Uh, yes, hi Paul. Hi, hi, hi Paul. And uh, um, first question from Italy is about, uh, of course, uh, Fabian Eichner. And Italy, thanks to Fabian Eichner, has the chance to to, uh, to conquer in the WWE title, and uh, it did not even happen to Bruno Sammartino, actually. Uh, is this uh, an important signal for Italy? And uh, what do you do you want to say to the Italian uh, audience? I mean, look, we look to bring in performers from everywhere. Great performers. To me, it doesn't matter where they're from or, or anything else. I'm, I'm looking for great athletes, great performers, great characters, great personalities. Um, Fabian is all those. And um, I'm thrilled for him that he's in the position he's in. I, I would think that's very important in Italy. Um, but to, to me, you know, to me, he's just a phenomenal talent. And like I said, as we look all over the globe, we have talent from just about everywhere. The diversity of our rosters and our performance center and NXT and everything else um, is, is uh, you know, there's, there's a ton of diversity and I'm, I'm very proud of that. So I'm excited for him and excited for the position he's in. And, and he's got the whole world in front of him because he is an incredibly talented guy. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Francesca. And thank you. And next we'll go to Mike Johnson with PWInsider.com. Hey, Paul, wow. how are you? All the way down the list. What happened? Yeah, my, Mike. Well, he's, well, people stuck at home. Away, right? pushed you to the left. <laughs> Sorry. How are you? Sorry. I'm good. I hope you guys are, are doing well uh, as well. Um, you mentioned the cinematic quality of Velveteen Dream against Adam Cole. Um, we've seen in the last couple of months, WrestleMania was pre-taped. Money in the Bank had elements of live and cinematic. For a takeover, since this is the first one of this era, what's the ratio of live content that's taking place as we watch it versus material that's been taped in advance? Obviously, the cinematic stuff is going to be more production quality and elements to that, but the rest of the show, what are we looking at? Yeah, so... Uh, Basically everything else in the show, within, uh, w- with the exception of the Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole matches live, um, and as you know, that that match has already been done, um, and it was uh, it was shot outdoors, so there was some component to that of of weather that we wanted to be uh, cautious of, but um, everything else within the show, um, match wise, will be live. All right, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Federica Silva with Sport Fair. Hello, hi, Paul. Um, one question from uh, from Italy. Uh, one of the most important match of uh, NXT Takeover is a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, what do you think uh, about the great success reached by WWE female superstar in uh, the last years? I'm sorry, I, I missed the end of the question. Uh, I, could you could you repeat it? I, I I know you're talking about the women's match, but I just missed the question. Yeah, I was uh, talking about the women's match, and uh, the question was, uh, what do you think about the great success uh, that uh, WWE female superstar reached in uh, these years? Um, so the, I, I believe the question is is 
the, how well the, the women have done over the last few years. Is that, yeah. is that accurate? Yeah. 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 Um, oh God, I'm, I'm continually blown away by our women. Um, I have been since the beginning of, you know, when, when we started doing NXT and, and I, I shouldn't say that before that, you know, our women have always risen to the occasion, but the opportunity changed, the, the platform changed and, and they took that and, and, and made that change happen. So, you know, as, as for me talking about NXT, you know, I can go back to the, the pages and, the, um, you know, past that, the, the Sasha's and the Bailey's and Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and, and all the women that you think of at the beginning of that NXT kind of the change of pace and, and the change of what uh, women were doing in ring. Um, you fast forward that to today and, you know, more often than not, they're stealing the show more often than not. They are, um, you know, telling better stories. You know, it, it's just, it's amazing what they can do. And, and um, the in-ring product is off the chart and, I can look at the performance center, the athletes that are in it, and you, you look at the six women just at takeover with Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart, Mia Yim, Candice, Dakota, Raquel. Wow, the, the 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 depth of what is there, the amount of women that that have that ability to steal the show at any given moment is incredible. So I couldn't be more proud of all of them. They have worked so hard for it they have given everything they they have for it um you know and i, and I think that's why it's so, so successful they pour their heart and soul into everything they do and and um you know they they've delivered every time so so proud of them okay thank you very much thank you and we'll take another international question alistair mcgeorge with metro uk Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Hey, Alistair. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good, good. I thought I, I wanted to talk to you a bit about um, cinematic matches and kind of specifically the Boneyard match and Jeremy Borash's involvement. I know he was heavily involved in that. So I wanted to ask you how much credit Jeremy Borash and, by extension, Matt Hardy kind of deserve with cinematic matches being such a viable concept in these times well it's it's a funny thing that people say like all of a sudden there's this moment that there's this cinematic thing that happened but like people were doing that you know 20 years ago rock and and mick foley halftime heat uh austin and and booker in in the grocery store um there's so many of those things over the years that have happened did they did they do a great job taking that to another level? Absolutely. Jeremy's an incredible, um, incredible talent with a with a an eye for storytelling and an eye for image and everything else. And I man, I can't tell you how much I love working with him. The the, the one thing that I I I don't you know I want to be careful to say is there was a whole team of people that worked on that as well. So you know, Jeremy's name gets thrown in there a lot, but, but the team that worked on that, that was a total team effort um, of, of multiple people, multiple camera people, uh, the, you know, that you, to negate the edit process, there are two, two guys in particular that worked on that, that our TV studio that just turned it into artwork, you know, to me. Um, yeah. 
the the scoring, the just everything that was done in that mold. It's it's like uh, you know making a movie and then just put, putting it all on one person, and 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 I don't mean that as a knock to him because clearly he's phenomenal, but um, there were so many people that deserve credit for that, and and um, it was all done quickly put together. There wasn't a large planning process around it. So the, the, the fact of what that came out to be was, was amazing. And I was, you know, to be honest, I, I was thrilled for, you know, I was thrilled for fans to get to see it in WrestleMania and everything like that. I was thrilled for AJ. Um, but for Taker to me, that was the, that was the thing of just, you know, one, one more situation where he gets, the you know he's coming back he's going to do this thing and all of a sudden man everything is falling apart around it and it's becoming something it's not and you know that's that's tough and um man you know i was i was really thrilled with how it came out for him more so than anybody else but um to to that to that fact and and that's not to negate the the matt hardy jeremy borash uh thing that you mentioned you know yeah that that, t- that took it to another level. There's all steps in these things, but to say it all started there, I mean, I think to me is is not accurate. Yeah, I oh, know absolutely. And thanks for your time. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you, Elsie. Thank you. And we'll go uh, back to the U.S. and Kelly Wills with PWTorch.com. Hey, Kelly. How you doing, Paul? Um, so I'm good. Yourself? I'm uh, not too bad here, uh, off in the suburbs, so I'm okay. 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 So um, we've seen a lot more surprise on NXT uh, in recent months, yes, but uh, but even more so lately. For instance, last night, I thought Birch and Lorcan were used as very effective red herrings uh, to be the next uh, number one contenders when we were really working towards Brazango and something else. Um, And I'm just curious if uh, the amount of surprise that we're seeing is just a series of interesting events kind of converging at once, or was this a calculated move toward more surprise to elevate the weekly TV show? Well, I mean, I think um, you always want to elevate everything and elevate your shows and across the board. Um, I don't think there's ever a time where we go, well, let's not surprise them. Uh, but uh you know, we're, we're, yeah, you just always want to make the best possible show that you can. And um, sometimes you have great ideas that lead to a, a nice surprise for people that you hope uh, don't, you know, come out and uh, don't get reported on first and can be a surprise. And, you know, it's, it's actually been one of the nice things uh, with the, the, way we're doing TV now is that you have the ability to um, do things and, and not necessarily have it get out there before it airs. And that's just nice from a, from a fan standpoint of the ability to be surprised, the ability to uh, tune into something and not know what's going to happen beforehand or not already have the, the report that, Oh, these people are there and they're going to do this in the show tonight. And, you know, it, it, it takes away from the enjoyment of, um, of fans and, um, whenever we can do that, we try to. So I'm, I'm glad people thought it was a good surprise. Absolutely. Uh, just great weekly TV, uh, recently. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. And now we'll go to Alex McCarthy with talk sports. 
Hey, Hello, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? You staying safe over there? Yeah, man. Things are fine where I am. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm lucky, one of the lucky ones, I guess. Um, just talking about this weekend, and I wanted to touch on the women's triple threat. Obviously, put the decision to put the belt on Charlotte at WrestleMania has various connotations, you know, helping the brand, you know, have a presence on different shows and working with other women to maybe raise them up too. And uh, how pleased have you been with her carrying the title and the, the matches she's been having? Because uh, it seems like there's a nice cocktail that's led to this triple threat at the weekend. Yeah, you know, um, for me, I've been thrilled with this whole thing. And I think this speaks to Charlotte as a performer. And I know sometimes that she's just bashed and, and uh, because of her dad and, and her name and, and everything else, she, you know, uh, no, no matter what she does, uh, sometimes it's criticized. But to me, this speaks to her as a performer that she would want to do this, that she would want to work across all the brands if she could, that she would want to um, carry that torch when it was put in front of her and, and to do this. And, and really the long term on this is building up other talent and um you know as spectacular as a moment of as Rhea Ripley had um and then going into WrestleMania I I wish they could have had that in the stadium I wish they could have had that in front of fans I wish for both of them for everybody but you know um for Rhea and and to have that moment and just have it with Charlotte in that stadium would have been uh you know kind of a, a making moment for her and to me the, the that that loss almost helps her as a character get to where she needs to be for the long-term arc of who she is you know the burnout factor and, and stuff is intense and it's quick and short attention spans and and everything else so to me this is phenomenal um and charlotte carries with her the aura of whether perceived from a work or perceived from a behind the scenes standpoint of somebody that is unbeatable or that is this champion that carries herself in a different light. You feel it. At least I do when I see her on TV, that she carries herself in a different way. Um, to have Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai step into the ring with that and, and, and be able to do what they all can do. They're going to tear this thing up on Sunday. And I know they will. Um, there is nothing Charlotte likes more than when people say uh, she's been given something, then going out there and putting on the performance of the night and showing everybody why she is where she is. Um, I know Rhea feels like she's got something to prove that where she was, wasn't for a fluke or anything else. And Io Shirai is ready and, and willing and able to step up to that level. Like I said earlier, one of the greatest uh, could be the greatest in ring female in the world you could make that argument very easily so this match will be off the chart i know they're going to want to steal the show i know they're going to want to take it to another level and i'm I'm thrilled with where it's at thank you paul i'm looking forward to it too man thank you thank you and next we'll go to miguel perez with marca hey miguel i'm good you I'm very good, thank you. To be honest, it's an amazing pleasure for having us today. So, thank you. Miguel, if you could speak a little bit louder, I'm just having a little bit of a hard time hearing. 
Yeah, sure. Do you hear me well? Yeah, that's better. Thank you. Okay. So let's start. Um, uh, one year ago, the WWE opened a performance center in the United Kingdom. Um, do you think that there is any possibility to open more performance centers in Latin America or Japan in the future? Yeah, yes, I, I think that that is um, still a goal. Maybe international expansion, so to speak, whether that's performance centers, whether that's recruiting in markets, whether that's creating localized content like we've done um, with NXT UK and, and, and having a brand there on the ground, you know, the, the moment in time we're in with a global pandemic and everything else has, has, um, you know, obviously put a lot of that on, on hold and you have to figure out where, where things will go after you come out of this situation. But that is very much still the goal. You talk about the UK performance center, and NXT UK, we're still as committed to that as ever. Um, I can't wait. I know uh, we have a lot of um, athletes chomping in the bit uh, that can't wait for the reins to be taken off or the, the restraints to be taken off and let them get back to what they do and what they love to do. Um, and I think that product will, once, once uh, when they're given the green light, that product's going to be spectacular uh, just from their enthusiasm. And, and I can't wait, you know, we have a lot of talent, um, too. When, when all this first started to happen, you know, talent like Pete Dunn and, and everybody, we sent them home try, just because we could see some of this travel stuff coming and try to get them back and, and everything before it became problematic. And now we're just waiting for this to open up so that, uh, we can get back to, to doing what we do and, and they can get back to, to their careers. And so, you know, um, when, when all of this is behind us, it'll be very exciting for them. And also globally, that expansion uh, will be uh, huge for a lot of markets. Hey, thank you so much, Hunter. And again, uh, it's been a great pleasure to talk with you. And I hope that uh, NXT is over in your house. It's going to be a, a great show. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, next we'll go to Jason Powell with ProWrestling.net. Hey, Paul, how are you? Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. So I guess my question today is, are the wrestlers and crew receiving actual COVID testing now? And if not, why not? So, so the testing that we do is um, we have obviously a um, medical experts on our team led by Dr. Maroon, Dr. Dugas. So they work with CDC and the government to determine what is the best approach for us to take to ensure the safety and the wellness of our performers. And that is what we do. That is working with the local and federal government. Um, you know, when, when you begin to talk about various types of testing, and there's a lot of that um, thrown around, the accuracy of those tests become questionable and how and, and everything else. So, um, you know, we need to, um, we need to do what we're being told to do by the medical experts. And once that widespread testing that is accurate becomes available, we will do so. But the accuracy of those tests has to be there first. But in the meantime, our medical pro protocols are extensive and, most importantly, 
they've worked. Very good. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And next we'll go to Rahul Ramakrishnan with Republic. Hi, Bob Rahul. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Okay. Well, Paul, so um, I'm calling from India, and there's a huge fan following that that WWE NXT has in India. Uh, it's been happening in India for the last two months, and uh, people are hooked on to WWE and NXT and watching the matches uh, over here in India because uh, uh, it's, uh, WWE is the second most uh, watched sport in India after cricket. So I just wanted to understand you uh, by, with uh, with you that what you faced while pulling off a tournament like takeover during the current situation and uh, any uh, message you want to give to your fans in india so i i missed the first part of the question about the tournament sorry it cut out for a half a second could you repeat that uh yeah so yeah sure so i was just asking in the current scenario what are the challenges that you face while pulling off such a huge uh, tournament like takeover well, you know, in, in this time, obviously, the safety and, and health of our talent is first and foremost. So the challenges have been many. Um, challenges with the location, with keeping everybody safe, all of that, um, as as everybody else has. But, you know, we're, we're one of the few things that has been able to stay out there and, and, and keep putting out product even without our fans being there. Um, so it's very challenging. And as far as India goes, um, I'm, I'm very excited about our, um, one, our fan base in India. I've been there many times. It's one of my favorite places. And um, the fans there are second to none. I cannot wait for this to all be behind us so that we can get there and increase that that footprint in India. I would love to bring NXT there. I would love to, to get further into that market and um, and see where we can go with it and develop it and make it increase um, that fan base and their passion even more. Really, really get in there and, and deliver something for them special. All right, sure. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Dan. All right, guys, we're going to do two more calls and we're going to wrap it up. Thank you. Thank you. Our next one will come from Christian Bruns with Power Wrestling. Hey, Christian. Paul, good evening from Germany. So um, NXT last week introduced a brand new version of a cage match with Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle. How did the idea come about for the um, side pit, and how did you think of the execution and the potential of having uh, more matches with uh, this brand new cage match concept in the future? Yeah, so the, the, the side pit, as we call it, um, sort of came about organically, you know, you, you, the right performers were there with, with Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, two, um, two, two uh, talent that bring a different style, a, a more um, ground-based sort of uh, grappling style. And, and you know, uh, Matt Riddle can do just about anything. And Timothy Thatcher is such a good technical grappling wrestler and, and so gritty and tough. 
that that type of environment seemed like the right environment for them. Um, you know, we based it off some things in the past, some things that we wanted to see, and and we're able to put it all together. I think um, it really captivated people, and and of course the match delivered, um, which is always the the key to that. But uh, I think people were intrigued by it, and I think that has become or will will become one of the sort of uh, you know. Um, I guess signature matches of NXT uh, that the fight bit can can sort of be the the go-to grudge match or something like that. Where uh, I think you'll definitely see more of them in the future. I was thrilled with that one. I think fans enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to doing more with it. It was great stuff, and I, um, I hope that the return of, of in your house at Sunday doesn't bring back too many memories of the Hawk Pan match back in '95. But thanks for your time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I have uh, a nightmare still about the hog pen match. Those pigs are big and poop a lot. Thank you. And next we'll go to Bill Pritchard with WrestleZone.com. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hey, hey, Bill. How are you doing? Good. Uh, so I wanted to ask about the In Your House theme coming back and when the plan to have this as a themed event uh came up if it had anything to do with the current situation and can you see it returning as an annual event kind of like how war games has become a fall event for you guys yeah you know it, it absolutely came about given the circumstances you know as as um takeovers evolved in the beginning they all had certain names and then you know we as we started going to the cities we started sort of morphing them into the city um and the location and so it's always a, a, a fluid uh work in progress kind of thought so as this came about when we were going to have the opportunity to do a takeover on on june 7th on the network and you know what should we do there now because we're we're back in florida and we're in our home and it's not like you want to go back to the the city or anything so the conversation came up and it just seemed like the perfect timing for where everybody's stuck in their house. It's the perfect timing. And, um, you know, the reaction to it was huge. It was funny that we made the decision to name it in your house, uh, take over in your house. And it wasn't until after we'd made the decision that it was pointed out to me that it was like a couple of days before the 25th anniversary of the first in your house pay-per-view. It was just a happy coincidence. Um, it, uh, so it all it all worked out great, and um, yeah, I think uh, we'll see where it goes and and uh, the enjoyment level and everything else. But it definitely could become something that uh, comes back, and and we'll see how uh, what the enjoyment level is and everything else. And if it's as good as I think it's going to be, I think people might demand it come back. So we'll work on it. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Bill. All right, that'll wrap up today's comments call. As always, thank you for everybody for being on the call. We are going to do a post-show after takeover this Sunday night, so we will send out details uh, to the people that were on this list. Uh, turn back over to Paul for just some closing comments. I, I really appreciate everybody's uh, participation today, and um, I know there's just a lot going on in the world, and I really appreciate the time and everybody's interest, and I um, also just uh, – Please, everybody out there, stay safe, 
and um, be healthy. And hopefully we will uh, get you all watching on Sunday and I will talk to you after the show and we can chat again. Thank you so much and uh, take care. WWE had their really strange relationship with Code Orange because they um, <laughs> do Bray Wyatt's theme and they're doing the theme song for Takeover in Your House underneath. So here's that. Um, by the way, it, I, what I thought was pretty cool about Code Orange is they have a cool release um, fun thing on their Spotify page. So if you go there, you can actually um, take care and do some donation for Code Relief right there on the Code Orange Spotify page. So, all right, let's get into this NXT Takeover in Your House. Sal, what's funny about this for me is we were joking around when WrestleMania moved from Tampa to the um, Performance Center that it was take, it was Mania in your house. We were joking about that then. And now we're seriously doing an in your house show now. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Kelly, your thoughts on doing a takeover like this and doing the in your house moniker? This is um, lovely and I, I love the use of the name here it's amazing how many people online did not get this they were like they're just going for pointless nostalgia and i'm like no they're doing this because everyone's in their house get it it's not real hard to figure out um but uh but not everyone can put two and two together um so That's yeah well, there was even a call on the media call that said now was there well by now you will have heard it somebody will have asked that question um was that just an accident no no, that was not an accident. But... <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so, um, so is he, he's always good at answering those questions, even though all the rest of us are thinking, oh my God. Oh my so, God, that's um, fantastic. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, I love the cheeky use of the monitor, uh, of the moniker. Um, and I, and why not drop a, uh, a, a takeover in here? Because... You've got the talent. Um, logistically, you don't have to figure anything out. You don't have to sell any tickets. You don't have to go anywhere. It's like you're, you got the talent there. Um, so I think it's a wonderful question. And if I didn't ask the question that I did on the podcast, I think I probably would have asked about, okay, so yeah, we're doing this takeover, but would this takeover have happened? Um, if not for the state of things right now. So, um, very in favor of it. Uh, might as well do it. And uh, again, when when you're in a head-to-head battle, uh, pull out all the stops. True, true. Uh, what's interesting is we we did traditionally have that June um, takeover so long. Like, then we have it in Chicago, and then they wanted to do we, it in um, Portland, and ended up moving to Connecticut. Ch- and like we we have had these like standalone takeovers before. Yeah, but it's especially. And I know that one yeah. of them was in Chicago because that's the one that I was almost going to go to and if i can go to those if i can get to those they've got seats for me as a as a media guy uh but i but i couldn't get to it for whatever reason yeah so let's get into the card let's start with the match that they added literally last night on nxt it is um mia yim tegan Knox, and shotzi blackheart versus candace array dakota kai and raquel Ron- and raquel gonzalez um i it dawned on me kelly i think we have nine women on this card and, and 10 if you count Scarlet. I think it's the most women we've had in a takeover like ever. 
like, <laughs> like ever. So right, yeah. So what do you think of this six this six woman tag? I love the state of the division. I love that all of them have things going on. I I mean, fifteen twenty years ago on Raw, you would have six women in the division. And the only two that would have a storyline were the two that were fighting over the championship and the rest wouldn't be on the show at all. Um, and then they would have to trade who was getting some occasional wins on TV. So to have them all figured in and all be within story and actually be on a level with each other where you don't genuinely know where things are going to end up uh, is really cool. So it, because these acts are all fully formed. Um, looking forward to this, I expect this probably to open the show um, just be that uh, that hot high energy um, opener that never really slows down. I think you can go either way with this with the with the six person tag team matches that don't really matter who wins. I usually lean on saying it's got to be the baby faces, but it does seem like Larray and uh, Kai are kind of the um, the important acts right now. So uh, so that one's got me questioning this. Uh, look forward to this, even though nothing's on the line i just all i can say is i love where the division is sal uh yeah i'm uh i'm leaning more towards that um and i'm gonna read it how you have it spelled what did i do (laughs) so i'm going with canada lorraine dakota kia okay all right i have to to say i take things fast I typed things really fast, and I did not catch the autocorrect. Okay, okay. On my um, on, on the run sheet that Dad does not have in front of him, but Sal and Kelly do. I thank you, Kelly, for not calling me out on this. But Sal was <laughs> will. <laughs> my autocorrect autocorrected Candice to Canada. <laughs> I don't know why it did that, but I didn't catch it because I literally added it like while I was watching NXT last night, and I did not proofread it at all. <laughs> like, I did not proofread that. That's pretty funny. So, Dad, you, your thoughts on Canada Lorraine? That sounds funny. like a stripper name at the, the gentleman's club that's down the street. <laughs> it sounds like the title of this episode. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, <laughs> Dad, Dad, go ahead. <laughs> your thoughts on the six women tag, Dad? Go. Um, this is going to showcase a lot of talent that these women have, especially Shotzi Blackheart. She's great. I love her, the character. I love her gimmick. I love the way she is. And I, um, I'm, I'm wishing for better things for her. I'm wishing for a great combo match between her and Dakota Kai. And um, hopefully it'll happen down the road. Um, I'm gonna go with my. I'm gonna go with me, EMT, and Ox, and Chocolate Blackheart. But you're you're right. It could go either way. That's a good thing about this match. I actually have no idea what they have planned, or who they're gonna have go to title, and what they're gonna do. And I like that. But like, there's so many feuds in here, and that makes it more fun. So, by the way, if if, if anyone starts hearing background noise, um, the kids next door just came outside. So if you hear anything in the background, that's what that's all about. <laughs> so just to clarify that. Um, moving on, we have Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. This is actually a pretty interesting match. Um, that was not mentioned like at all at NXT this week. Apparently, I unless I missed something. This wasn't talked about this week. Except, except it was on the only mentioned on a quick uh, on a quick commercial that uh, promoted three of the top matches. That's the only time it was mentioned. Okay, cool. So I didn't miss it. I, I left the room during commercial breaks. So I totally missed that. But the only time I saw it was on a little graphic on the bottom of the screen saying this Sunday. <laughs> Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. That's the only time I saw this match at all mentioned during the actual show. So, Sal, your thoughts. 
Valor, Priest, what's going on? Who's winning? Um, interesting matchup. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm leaning more towards Damian Priest. I mean, there's been a lot of interest on him lately, and uh, he's, uh, he's 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 getting up there. So I don't know. I I feel like Damian Priest is going to win this one. Dad. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Priest or to keep the storyline going. It's the revenge uh, match for Balor to get back at Damian Priest for attacking him. Uh, I want to see how this plays out further because I think there's more things that they have planned with Damian Priest against Balor, and I want to see how this plays out. Kelly? This is that match on TakeOver that's kind of an unofficial number one contenders match, I think. Oh, and uh, and I feel like that kind of adds a layer to this. Um, like, they never tell you when it's a number one contenders match, but you kind of know that that extra match um, with nothing on the line is uh, meant to move somebody into that spot. And so you really kind of have to base who you think will win on who you think will win the main event. I have a feeling that that main event, which has already been worked, um, I think this is where Dream finally wins it. Like your straightforward heel with Damian Priest and then Balor, who's kind of a tweener, who also did have a um, a planned match with... Uh, which Vel- with Velveteen Dream that they didn't go off. Um, so I would not be surprised either way. I'm going to say Priest, although I, it's stupid to pick against Ballard. It's like picking against Baylor, uh, Baszler. Like, you know it's going to happen eventually, but it's probably, but it probably won't happen here. Um, and I do think we could easily see a triple threat with these two and, um, and Dream down the road. Yeah, I was leaning toward Priest anyway, so I, I think I'm, I'm going to stay with that way. Well, I'll go with Damian Priest here. It does, Finn Balor could take a loss. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, he could take a loss. He he just he just yeah. took a loss to fucking... Um, he's Teflon. Yeah. yeah, he just took a loss to... um, um Trevor Lee. Um, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Yeah. There it is. He just lost to Cameron Grimes. So, like, it's not a big deal. Um, so let's move on to a match that it should be obvious who's going to win this one. Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross with Scarlett, who lost her last name. Um, as much as I love Ciampa, I'm going to go Karrion Cross to win this match. I don't even expect this match to be a long match. I kind of expect this to be kind of a quick one because there's two hosses going at each other. I don't expect this thing to go that long. Um, Kelly, what do you think? This is the beginning of a long story. Uh, so it's got to be Cross. Um, I think he's going to be figured in here for a while. I think that this is a great, great way to not give Cross too much, too fat, like to give him something to sink his teeth into, but to not force him into the championship picture. And then what if it doesn't work? Then they will have done it too soon. And then Champa needed some time away from the championship picture as well, because that was his story for a long time. So this adds a, uh, a second dimension to him too to have something to fight for that isn't just either Johnny or the championship or both. So um, I think I'm with you. I think cross goes over, but uh, not only goes over, but potentially does so in quick fashion or in very definitive fashion. You can do a sports entertainment finish here, but I'm not in favor of that. I I'm in favor of giving Champa something to regret, giving him uh, a, something that he really has to look inside himself and come back from. So um 
Cross is the right booking decision no matter what, but uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this be real definitive. Um, so, Kelly, what goes longer, the match or the entrance for Karrion Cross and Scarlet? <laughs> He's got oh, I when that I didn't mince words when I recapped that one. I said this is the best entrance I think I've ever seen on NXT, and that's a high bar. Um, wow. And then my boy Tom said, "What about Shinsuke?" And I was like, "Shut up! I can't choose between my children." Um, <laughs> he had a really good point, um, but uh, but yeah, it it was just as a debut. I think it's really hard to beat. Um, certainly the match goes longer and, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they (laughs) let it go 30, but, uh, but I, I also love that they know how good that entrance is. So they're not saturating it by showing it every week, because if they showed it every week already, we'd be like, cool, but I've been there and done that. And now we're all just like, come on, we really want that. And they've just whetted our appetite. I feel like you're 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 totally taking shots at glorious Bobby Roode. That's what you did there. Uh, he, he was all entrance, and the match was, you know, it, you know, it was okay. All right, Sal, mm-hmm. go ahead. Your thoughts on the match? Um, no, I agree. I'm going. I'm going cross. Um, with uh, with with a fairly quick match. Um, but not too quick. Dad, my heart goes to Champa. But I know that Cross is going to win the match. Yeah. But I think at the end of this match, like Kelly's saying, Tommaso is going to have one of these, what the heck am I doing here moments? Is this what I really want? You know, I need to rethink what's going on. And that storyline for him right now would be great. And I'm hoping that's what they do. Fair enough. Fair. I like that idea. Uh, I, I, I see this match going probably 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Well, I do want to know, and this is a, nothing to do with the match, but I'd love to know if Scarlett and Candice LeRae are now sharing hair dye. Because they seem to have the exact same <laughs> hair color right now. <laughs> it's actually pretty damn funny. Um, moving on. Who could have thought gray is a new black? Apparently. If you turn heel, you go gray. Apparently, that's what I've learned in the last couple of months <laughs> on NXT TV. All right. Charlotte. Flair defending the NXT Women's Championship, actually on her actual show, against <laughs> Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai in a triple threat match. I really, really want a title chain, but I doubt it will happen. Sal, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm torn. Because immediately I was like, all right, Rhea Ripley's getting the title back. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know if they want to take the belt off Charlotte right away. I wouldn't mind... You know, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say Charlotte retains, but I, I see a rematch down the road. I, I can almost see Rhea pinning Io Shirai. I really want that to happen. I just don't know, Dad. What do you think? I think it'll be a title change, and Io Shirai is gonna have the belt. Ooh. I mean, because mm-hmm. you've got Asuka, who kind of like got handed the belt, if you want to look at it that way. You got Io Shirai that basically is working hard to get the belt. So I think they should try to put the belt on her and see where it goes. Um, I will say, I like the fact that Io Shirai is like the only Japanese wrestler that gets subtitles, by the way. <laughs> the only one on WWE TV that gets subtitles. Um, Kelly, your thoughts? <laughs> I, I agree with Mark, actually. I think that this is Io's match. Um, I, I hope it is also, but I love 
love the build for this match. And um, on a stacked card, this is the match I'm looking most forward to uh, because I think there are good booking reasons to make it any one of the three. I think this has been a very successful reign um, and has done a lot for the NXT women's division. And a lot of people were worried about that, but having like a big bad bully to chase is a really, really good thing for that division. So I think it's been doing great things. Rhea, Rhea was like, honestly, she, she added by losing. Um, I think that this loss gave uh, more dimension to Rhea that she, that she needed. Um, what I think could happen here because the state of the division is so strong is that EO wins and the other two continue their one-on-one feud on Raw or SmackDown. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would not be surprised by that at all. I, I think they're, you can do anything you want. It's such an experimental time right now uh, with no audiences. And they're doing a lot. Of, they're taking risks that they, they haven't always. So I'm really, really gripped to see what they do with this. But I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this uh, head up to the main roster and see what they do there. The other reason, simply from a production standpoint, that I've got EO winning this is that uh, last night on the Prime Target video, not only did EO's segments have by far the highest production values, but her her two segments were the first and the last ones. And I walked away from it being like, I think she wins because of that. Um, Wouldn't be surprised by any one of the three. I cannot wait for the match. I think it will be just lovely, but I've got to say you'll hear. All right, let's go to a match that I'm looking forward to. And it's, it's funny because Mandy's been making fun of me. How am I going to watch this match? Because it's like two of my man crushers having a match against each other. But it's Keith Lee, the man who doesn't need to run because he scares people walking North American <laughs> Championship against Johnny Gargano, who apparently decided to wrestle in street clothes this week. Uh, Kelly, what do you think? This led to one of the best lines Tom Phillips has ever gotten in. I, I like Tom Phillips in general, but he said, uh, well, uh, Johnny showed up without his wrestling clothes, so he's going to have to wrestle in the pants he found at Baby Gap. <laughs> Killed me. That is the best line, Phil. That was a great line. And it was just like, it was a quick throwaway, and I was like, did I really hear that? That was awesome. Um, <laughs> this should be yeah. wonderful. Uh, Keith Lee is perfect in the big versus small, and, um, and Johnny's great with any type of opponent. Um, they both are, and this is, and there's a lot of heat here. And I really think the use of their real life relationships has, uh, really added to this. And I liked the whole segment, uh, messy and weird as it was last night that really pushed all their matches and the six woman all at once. I thought that was a real efficient use of talent. Um, I think Johnny wins here. Uh, not only because I think in his new state, he really has to pick up a big win early to not uh, blow the uh, the momentum they've got going. But uh, but I think Keith Lee before long is probably tabbed for one of the um, for Raw or SmackDown as well. Uh, Vince has not been shy about saying how much he likes him. Uh, Vince is kind of a dummy sometimes, so he wants to use Keith Lee as a heel, which is ridiculous considering how much people absolutely adore Keith Lee. But he sees a big dude and he's like, you're a heel and uh, and he can't get past it. So um, hopefully he doesn't screw that up. Um, I mean, I hear myself saying that and I'm laughing internally. But, um, <laughs> but I, I feel like 
Keith, oh, you should never say anyone's immune to being screwed up, but Keith Lee's got a force of character and charisma that might be able to overcome even a little bit of iffy booking. So uh, I, I think Johnny wins here, whether Keith uh, stays around or not. Well, I, I, I actually, I'm, I was really torn on who I was going to pick to win this thing. So I'm going to go Johnny to win this thing. Um, Keith Lee, I think, you know what's weird? I can almost see Vince bringing up Keith Lee right now, and you should keep him a babyface with everything going on. If you try to turn Keith Lee right now, that would be a terrible idea. Like an absolutely terrible move. I didn't right now think about that, but yeah, that would be a real kick in the face. I mean, I could almost see him like challenging Bobby Lashley and having some fun with that, and Keith Lee being exactly yeah, Keith Lee being on top of the card like right away on Raw. I could totally see that happening. All right. Let's go to the main event. It is the NXT Championship match. It's, in a ba- it's apparently in a backlog brawl because, you know, that's a thing we do in 2020 wrestling. Um, Adam Cole, baby, who's celebrating one year with the title. I did not realize it's been a full year until this week. So there you go. Versus Velveteen Dream, who may or may not have been talking to himself dressed as Prince in a mirror on Wednesday. Um, not quite sure. If... Dream loses this match. He can no longer challenge for the championship with Cole as champion. Hell, you gave your pick away earlier, so I'll throw it to you. Dream's winning. Why do you say Dream's winning? Um, I think Dream was going to win in his first match, but I think that that got pushed back because it happened to be the week that some of the weird stuff about Dream making some bad really young and dumb decisions let's call them about uh who to send nudes to um the correct answer if you're a public figure is typically don't send them to anyone um because (laughs) something will happen uh something will go bad uh whether whether it seems like that person has good intents or, or not uh i genuinely believe that's why he didn't win because that not only did he not win but he kind of like the tv time kind of shrunk for him as well and even in leading up to this match it's been a little bit lesser but i felt like he was tabbed as that guy to be the champion regardless i think they need to freshen up the championship picture the main championship picture uh don't get me wrong this is definitely another baszler situation where you keep betting against the person you know you'll be right eventually but um but it might not be this time um but I, I do think that Dream was tabbed to be in this spot, and I think that if he loses a second time, it could really damage him in a way that they can't afford. Um, and if he loses here, then he's never going to win that championship. He, if he loses, he's probably heading up, which, yes, is also the thing that could happen. Now, one last thing, because it's dumb and I can't push it out of my head. They're not going to do this, and they shouldn't do this, but I can't help but imagine how hilarious it would be during this backlot brawl if they just did a fairly quick cut and like as they panned over they don't even mention it you see Goldust and Razor Ramon fighting like they're still in the backlot they don't mention it there's no way hell do that, quick and that's that yeah there's wait, no wait. way in hell that's fantastic yeah, is, is there going to be someone driving a white Ford Bronco too Oh, I forgot that part of it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're, we're just driving up. We're just picking up 90 stuff now. That's what we're doing now. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Sal, Dream, Cole, who's winning? Um, 
Well, first of all, I didn't get to pick for North American. Um, yeah, did you not? So I'm really? going to say Johnny Gargano. How about I threw it to you? Yeah, I'm no, sorry. Been... I did. I thought I threw it no, to you. Okay. Hmm. Um, so right, I'm saying Johnny. Um, Backlot brawl. You know what? I I agree. I I feel like I feel like there needs to be a title change. <laughs> I feel like it's time. Velveteen Dream. I mean, I I feel like it's long overdue. You know, there was that little hiccup that happened, um, but. I, I think it's time. I think it's time for him to win. That I agree. I think Dream should have the belt back on, and Adam yeah, Cole can have another storyline with, say, like Damian Priest or someone else uh, to get you know him back into the picture. But my thing too is, and I echo Style Simon is, well, Johnny winning and Keith dropping the belt, and then all of a sudden now. You got Keith challenging Lashley. And then now you got Keith who's basically looking at Lashley and say, you know, you got MVP that in as a mouthpiece in your ear. You don't need him. You're better than that. Instead of story, set up a storyline like that, and it'd be great. Drama will be gr- continues okay. from start to finish. We'll bring us back to yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's bring us back to Dream and Cole. Because we can go Nine on. Specific. We can go on. <laughs> The way I specifically think that this match is going to end is I think that the other um, Undisputed Era guys are going to try to get involved, and Dexter Loomis is going to be back there, and he's going to put a stop to it. I think oh! that he puts a stop to it, and then coming out of this show, Cole and Loomis is, um, is the feud. That way you get Cole away from the championship, but he doesn't flounder because he's already got a feud to sink his teeth into. There you go. Me, that works. Wonder, maybe that's what the painting meant on Wednesday. Maybe that's the that's, painting. That, that, there you go. That works. Sally's no idea what we're talking about. That's the best part. Sally's no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> the uh, painting from Wednesday. I, I'm going to go I dream. Ever? I'm going to go dream winning the title. It's really strange that when you go to NXT history, it's going to say the Velveteen Dream, NXT champion. That's going to be weird. Um... I, I will say I, I'm terrified to see what he's dressed as for this because, like I said, <laughs> and I'm not joking, I'm convinced he was talking to himself dressed as Prince in a mirror. I'm convinced that happened <laughs> on, on Wednesday's show. So, well, that is Takeover in Your House. Kelly, thank you so much. Listen, we, we went a lot longer than I thought we were going to. So, thank you so much for taking time out to come on the show. I'll talk NXT, like, ad infinitum. Like, it is not a problem <laughs> for me. So, um... Yeah, it was it was a joy to be here. I like doing the show with you guys. No problem. Why'd you get your plugs Thanks, in? Thanks, Kelly. Why'd you get your plugs in? My name is Kelly Wells. You can find me all over social media at Spooky Milk. You can listen to my podcast PWT Talks NXT every. Uh, you can listen live on Wednesday night after the show, or as most uh, regular folks do, wake up on Thursday and listen to it. Um, and uh, and do that then. It is a call-in show. Uh, and you can do that uh, when when the time comes. Uh, I also host I also host uh, what do we call it? Ten pounds of talk, the NWA show when they have an actual show to do. And mm-hmm. if you want to hear a man descend into madness, uh, listen to that show because you have to watch NWA to do it. And I do the live written reports for NXT as well, which which can be difficult when you've got a uh, triple threat tag team match and you're like. Chaos ensued. That's all I can write here. Um, but it's uh, like 81 words a minute just isn't enough to cover what they were doing last night. But uh, but that's who I am. And uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter and see me get mad about unimportant shit, yeah, go ahead and do that. 
Fair enough. Fair enough, Kelly. Thank you so much. We will we will definitely talk later and have you back on another time. Definitely. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, guys. All right. See you later. All right. So let's move. Let's finish up the show, Sal. How's that sound? Okay. So, Sal, what are we closing the show with? Um, I'm loving all the music that's been coming out recently, um, with, uh, with everything that's been going on and support for everything. Uh, this is Thomas Rhett, uh, with Reba McIntyre, Hillary Scott, uh, Chris Tomlin and Keith Urban. And the song is called Be a Light. I like this. I like this a lot. This yeah. is really good. This is a great combination of people. I like this a lot. So, all right, let's, let's get out of here. So go. Uh, yeah, for more information on our show, including where you can hear our show, uh, just go to theblakeandsalshow.com, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, and comment, or leave a rating and review, and we will read it on the show. Yes, um, next week, we will be talking about TakeOver, and we will also be previewing WWE Backlash with the greatest wrestling match of all time. Oh, God. I'm Excuse so me while I roll my eyes. I'm so sick and tired of that. Um, but Kyle Crane will be here to help us preview the show next week. So that's really cool. Well, how about that? So, yeah. Um, that'll be next week's show. Thank you again to Kelly Welch for coming on and supplying the audio for the Triple A's media call that everyone here enjoyed. Um, Dad, say your thing. Keeping in mind, this is a very short song. So go. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone. It's been your pleasure. And please patronize your local independent wrestling organization. Because these are the young men and women that are be coming up in the future to be professional wrestling stars. So please patronize and show me your love. And please, everyone, be nice to each other. And what the world needs is more love and peace. So just remember, we love you guys. Um, I was at the store the other day, like right out right when the protests and everything was going on. And um, Real the World came on when I was at the store. And I'm like... I haven't heard this song in so long. I wonder if someone <laughs> played it on purpose. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, what a great moment that was when walking out of the store on Saturday. First time I've been in a store in like a month, and as I hear on the radio, on the, on the speakers. So, all right, um, let's get out of here. Um, thank you all for listening. This is a longer show than we planned. <laughs> hey, we had a lot of fun. I'm Blake. I'm Sal. I'm Mark. And you've been listening to. The Blake and South Show. Have a good day, everybody. Hey, we love you. Hang in there. See ya. It's hard to live in color when we just see black and white in a world full of hate. Thank you so very much. Goodbye, mwah, and good night. Bye.